broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios. Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is College Hockey Southwest Live. From the Summer Skate Studios, behind the mask hockey shops, present a national championship edition of College Hockey Southwest Live for April 9th, 2022. Tonight's scheduled guests, Husky Productions' Nick Maxson and Chris Bay of Magnus Mayhem. Behind the Masks College Hockey Southwest Live is brought to you by Peterson Toyota, college graduate, member of the military, and you might be eligible for a special rebate or discount. See us at petersontoyota.com. Top Golf, let us help you reimagine your next business meeting or team building event. See your regional center or go to topgolf.com. The NCHC and nchc.tv. Subscribe to nchc.tv to watch the best in college hockey since 2013. Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Visit any of our Three Valley locations or go to behindthemask.com whether you're on ice or in line. Jets Pizza. Whether it's our legendary Detroit-style square or New York-style thin crust, Jets Pizza is better because it has to be. Two locations in Arizona, six in Colorado. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Whether it's Las Vegas or any of our other worldwide properties, an iconic vacation awaits you at any of our destinations. Metro by T-Mobile. Get 50% off or more when you add a line to a new or existing account. Buy Burrito Express, six East Valley locations for fresh, fast, authentic Mexican food. M-Drive, natural support for men looking to increase energy, strength, and drive. Always free delivery at mdriveformen.com. Summer skates, whether our original red or new black shower shoes, show your game and style at summerskates.com. And by Drury Inns and Suites, travel happy again. Book your next stay at DruryHotels.com or at 1-800-DRURY-IN. College Hockey Southwest Live for the Summer Skate Studios, presented by Behind the Mask, is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right. Well, welcome in, hockey fans, NCAA hockey fans. The final game of the 2021-22 season is in the books. Ah, that's a deep breath, folks. Uh, I'm here in the bowels of uh, the beautiful TV garden. Scott Strandy with you uh, covering the uh, national championship, which was just completed a 5-1 victory by Denver. It's not like they were 5-1 the whole game. Uh, they were one nothing going into the third and finished 5-1. We'll explain in just a minute. My co-host, as always, Paul Hornstein, joining me from about 10 feet below sea level on beautiful Long Island, New York. Paul, how are you? Uh, just wondering if uh, you're done drinking the champagne. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure... Oh, wait a minute. This is college. Sorry. I just said that. <laughs> the... the, 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 the you know, the carbonated beverage, the red, uh, blue I, can stuff or the green stuff. You know, that's well, let me tell you two things but, right? before we get to the get to our two guests tonight. Um, I will tell you that I need a shower because I have been hugged by a lot of sweaty hockey players after being on the ice and, uh, and visiting with them and congratulating them. So 
uh, thank you, pioneers. <laughs> and uh, I did avoid David Carl's blue Gatorade bath in his blue suit, uh, <laughs> which was, was pretty cool. And there's a big blue stain in the middle of the ice right now because they got him, they got him pretty good. But man, oh, man, um, you know what? I tweeted out, uh, Paul, as you saw it to start the third period, I said Denver's going to have to play their very best period of the year if they want to rebound from a one nothing deficit and win this hockey game, and they did. I don't pay attention to what you put out on Twitter. <laughs> and the quotes, the quotes that came out from the locker room and the press conference were, um, "We stunk the first two periods. We weren't playing very well. Uh, we turned it up. We got it done." And they closed the deal. And that's been the mantra of the Denver Pioneers all year long is finding ways to win hockey games. So why not do it in the third period of the national championship game? And the score looks like a blowout. It was not it was a not. blowout. It was not. No, it was. Uh, Anything it, but. Yeah. And uh, they just uh, they just got it done in the very uh, last what 10 15 minutes of the game basically is when they they got it and a couple empty net goals uh, made a difference and uh all of a sudden you have the ninth national championship for the denver pioneers well let's put it this way i don't know if it was officially a power play goal i don't think it was It was not it was not but uh, but it was a power well play developed yep it might as well have been and uh it was a pretty good time for them to get their quote not get quote their first one <laughs> Exactly. Uh, okay, let's jump into this because it's midnight. It's after midnight on here in the East Coast. But uh, uh, Nick Maxson, formerly, I guess, of Husky Productions, is with us tonight. Nick, how are you? Scott, Paul, how are you guys doing? Uh, we're doing great. Uh, we also have Chris Bay from Magnus Mayhem. Chris, how are you tonight? I'm doing pretty well, Scott. It's nice <laughs> to talk to you and Paul and Nick. Nice to make your acquaintance. Nice to meet yours as well, Chris. Hey guys, thanks for coming on on a late night, but this is a special night because um, as uh, as Chris knows, he covers that Denver Pioneer team like nobody, and uh, I've been tagging along is what I'm going to call it from the, for the from the start of the year until now. But goodness gracious, what a hockey team, what a big win. And David Carl was not happy with nine. He would like to be the first team to get 10. Chris, I'm going to start with you on that one. Your thoughts on what you saw tonight? Wow. Um, Talk about flipping a switch. I mean, I thought other than a few minutes there toward the end of the second period, I mean, it was the Magnus Krona show. If you're, if you're a Denver fan, Um, I thought, first of all, he was superlative and then to flip the switch as they did. And you could just tell as soon as they scored, it seemed like, a lot of Minnesota state's legs disappeared. I mean, I I can't explain it as well as Minnesota state played. I, you know, I I almost hesitate to say this, but I feel like they deserved a better fate for those first 40 minutes because they really played well. And DU made a lot of unforced errors. I, I didn't think their passing was crisp. They weren't receiving passes well, but give Minnesota state credit. They, they, they played really, really well. And for DU to come back and do what they did in the third period is, I mean, really mind blowing. I mean, I, I, I don't know how else to describe it. I mean, what a, you know, what a performance to come back like that because there really weren't signs other than Corona's play that they were going to do that tonight. I mean, yeah, what do you so guys think? Nick, well, he Nick, wasn't that Nick busy. hold on, he, hold on one second, Paul. Corona wasn't that busy. 
Yeah, hold on a minute. Uh, Nick, I want to throw this to you because everybody in the, uh, the locker room tonight said uh, this reminded them a lot of when they played St. Cloud and they had to rebound from three goals down, and uh, they knew they could do it. And that's been the mantra all year is that we know we can win any way possible. Your thoughts on that? I would agree with that. Um, you know, if there's one thing that you can take away as a, as a Pioneer fan is they never wavered. You know, and in these championship games, you know, it's Ben, but don't break. And, and Ben, you know, and Ben, they did. Denver did, but they never broke. Uh, you know, no question to Chris's point, Minnesota State for the first 45 minutes of this hockey game was the better team. No questions asked. And, you know, this kind of reminds me of uh, a certain St. Cloud game going back a couple of years ago against AIC, one that St. Cloud fans probably would like to forget. But, you know, down 2 nothing in the third, and when they get that crazy bounce goal and all of a sudden you find your legs a little bit, they pushed hard. The exact opposite script happened for Minnesota State tonight. It was, you, you get one, you give one up. It's, it's a tie hockey game. I don't think I really saw them go too crazy but, you know, not there long thereafter, after that, you know, that go-ahead goal there uh, for Denver, you could just see the exhale. You could, it's almost the Minnesota curse now. You know, ever since 91, Minnesota just doesn't have nice things anymore. I mean, just seriously. Uh, but, you, but you could see it. I mean, in all seriousness, you could see it. They lost their legs. You could tell almost, you know, and, and then the third goal, you know, just a, 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 I think it was a, a Minnesota State player coming from the bench and tried to go for a big hit. Uh, he misses, and it again, when you go for a big hit in the middle of the ice, you got to take either the puck or the man. He didn't get any of it, odd man rush, and that was the the you know essentially the dagger. So it's unfortunate. Again, hard to explain it. It's it's we don't see this type of collapse at all for Minnesota State all year, and it happens to happen in probably the worst spot in the entire season. Well, Paul, you, Paul, you brought up the goaltender, so let me give you the numbers. Uh, Magnus Corona ended up with 27 saves yep. on uh, 28 shots, and Dryden right. McKay had 15 saves on 20 shots. Right. Well, first of all, as far as the the, the goaltenders are concerned, um, Corona played well. He didn't make any mistakes. Right, that's what you want from your goalie in that spot. Um, Dryden McKay, you you really couldn't fault him for those goals. I mean, a couple high of those skill goals. On, uh, uh, you know, a couple of those goals were two on ones, and he, you know, at that point, you can't move faster than the puck. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't think you can fault Dryden for any of those goals, honestly. No, 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 and, not at all. And when you look at it. Like, like Nick said, one of the defensemen or one of the players from Minnesota State goes for the hit, misses. And like you said, you got to get one of them. You got to get the puck or you got to get the man. And Denver capitalizes on a couple of the few mistakes that Minnesota, Minnesota State makes. I mean, it's, it's a bad mental mistake when you get a too many men on the ice penalty. And like I said, they didn't score on that power play, but they scored about five seconds or less after the power play. So it, it might as well have been a power play goal. Yeah, exactly. So those two things coming in a 1-1 game in the third period of a championship game, those were very un-Minnesota State-like. Okay, I want to throw this at, at Chris. Chris, here's here's the goal scorers tonight. I know you saw the sheet that I sent you, but um, for the listeners – 
Ryan Barrell, Mike Benning, Massimo Rizzo, Brett Stapley, Cameron Wright. Sound familiar to most of the season? Yes. Yeah, and what's interesting is um, who didn't get on the score sheet, but that testifies <laughs> to the depth DU has. And I would also note fifth-year senior, sophomore who really emerged, highly impressive freshman, um, a senior who's had two major shoulder surgeries, and then your pal and mine, Cam Wright, who grad <laughs> transfer had never lifted a trophy until – you know, he got the one he wanted. I wish I could tell you on the air what what Cam told me afterwards, but he literally picked me up on the ice and swung me around. And he, he said something to the tune of, you were absolutely right. You were absolutely right. I get to hoist this trophy. Come here. Come here and look at it. I'm going, oh, my goodness. Uh, it, was, it was so much fun to be on the ice with those guys. Um, I want to throw out two more things. Uh, first is the attendance, 17,850. Um, if that's not a sellout, it's pretty darn close. The other thing that I saw tonight, and I don't know if you guys saw my Instagram live, but um, I was out on the red carpet, and I've been to a lot of Frozen Fours. I have not seen excitement like this for the start of a, a Frozen Four National Championship game. Um, you know, this was two and a half hours before the – the start of the game and the fans were just crazy. And I give so much credit to, to Minnesota state for bringing it. Uh, Nick, you know what that's like. You you've seen NCHC hockey enough, but man, Minnesota state coming out of the CCHA and they brought everybody from Mankato to, to Denver or to uh, Boston this weekend for this uh, tournament. They thought they could win it. And, and rightfully if they didn't, you know, make a couple of other mistakes, they probably would have won it. Right. So uh, no, but you know, this, this program, um, after St. Cloud eliminated them in the semifinals last year, uh, returning much of the lineup, much as St. Cloud did, except their season just had a different fate. They were destined for this for this game. And, you know, to, to give both teams credit, to me, the right two clubs were in this hockey game. Um, I know Michigan could have been there. I know the Gophers could have been there. But to me, these are the two of the best teams all season. Um, and Minnesota State fans seizing the opportunity. And again, you know, when a Minnesota squad is in a, a big time game, we, we show up, we're, we're ready to celebrate because this is going to be the one, this is going to be one. And well, no, not again. So <laughs> unfortunately, but you know, they, we'll bring it. We, we travel well. Um, we're, you're not quite uh, to the, to the level as North Dakota fans and I'm okay with that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I'm very, very, very proud of the fan base for Minnesota state as they, they came out in the support of the program that much in the way that I would expect them to. Paul, I'm going to throw this one to you because uh, you and I have talked about uh, Minnesota State and you are a big supporter of the Hobie Baker Award winner from the other night, uh, Dryden yeah. McKay. But um, you, you talk about Minnesota State style a lot. You like the way they play. You like the way they're coached. Um, did they do just about everything they needed to do to win a national championship tonight, at least for two periods plus? Well, like I said, they, they made a couple of rare mistakes. And when you play a team like Denver, that's as deep as they are, you can't make those in a 1-1 game. Not in a third period. You just can't. And, you know, they had won 19 games in a row, I believe it was. Um, just, you know, uh, what are you going to do? I mean, you know, just like, 
when you sent me the text message about Denver early in the game, I said, you know, you have to give Minnesota State some of this credit. Well, it, you have to switch. You have to flip that in the third period and give Denver the credit for taking Minnesota State out of their game a little bit, or at least making the adjustments that they needed to make, which they've done the last four weeks, big time. <laughs> and, and give them credit. I mean, uh, you know, Denver did not get a lot of shots. They got 20 for the game. Denver's used to getting that in a period and a half, let alone three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They were stymied. That, that's their lowest. Uh, that's their lowest output, by the way, of shots on goal this season. <laughs> Chris, I, I wanted to throw this to you because I know you did a goalie story um, on Magnus and Ryan Massa and all of all of those guys. It was a fantastic story, but and I haven't uh, I haven't really dug into this before, but. Um, Magnus tonight in the press conference said uh, he he really refocused. I believe it was in Colorado College when he lost his grandmother. Were you aware of that? No, I actually I was not aware of that. Um, yeah, and I, I wasn't. I mean, honestly, I would be. I you know I'm even surprised as many times as I've talked to him and as guarded as he can be <laughs> yeah. that, that he would share something like that. So he, he, somebody asked him. I think it was Dave Fisher, the moderator, said. Um, uh, Magnus, tell us what's going on in Sweden. And then he said, um, yeah, his mom was, is worried. He hadn't texted her yet and, and this and that. And, and then he finally said, uh, you know, I, I rededicated myself. Uh, I think it was the Colorado College Series. I don't know exactly which one. But he said, uh, my grandmother passed away. And, and every, every victory I've got since then, I dedicated to her. And if that's what it was, if that was the refocusing, goodness gracious, because he has looked really good certainly in the uh, national tournament in the frozen face-off uh he struggled a little bit but from that point on he's been just lights out mm -hmm. yeah six six goals in four games and um you know I, yeah i mean i just go back to what ryan massa told me about him and just working on his focus and just getting him to to relax and he always projects to be so calm but obviously you know, he's highly competitive and obviously the stomach must churn from time to time. And I think just that ability to, to calm himself, you know, and whether this with his grandmother passing, I'm sure that plays into that, but um, he did an admirable job in the tournament. I mean, he was been very, very good. Nick, I'm throwing it back to you on the Minnesota side of things again. Uh, Minnesota state and Mike Hastings has built a program. I, I told Paul uh, yesterday, I think it was, I said, uh, you know, Minnesota State, first they, they broke the barrier and got to the national tournament last year. This year they broke another barrier and won the first round game and got to the national championship game. Is next year the year that Minnesota State takes the title? That's, that's a tough. Uh, to kind of build off of what Paul said, you know, did Minnesota State do anything wrong? You know, besides a couple of defensive mistakes, there were some opportunities in the first period and the second period to add to their lead. And if there's any one thing you can maybe point out as a Maverick fan that they didn't do is they didn't capitalize on their opportunities either. And if there's one, you know, big roster difference between these two clubs is just the talent up front. Again, besides Nathan Smith, Julian Napravnik, and a few others, I mean, there really isn't standout offensive talent that really just flashes or impresses you up front. So it, 
are they going to have a lot of the depth coming back? Yes. Uh, Dryden McKay, uh, you know, he probably won't be there would be my guess. So uh, I don't know, you know, and we talk about the championship hangovers, you know, this program will be back. Will it be next year? I'm not sure, but uh, you know, that's going to be one thing they'll have to address is some of that depth up front. And again, when you have six division one college hockey programs in the state of Minnesota, now including St. Thomas, you know, that, uh, that competition for that high end talent that uh, continues to get even more, even more tough. And, and so it's, it's going to be a tough one to get back that quick. Does McKay have an extra year? I don't know if it's a question of eligibility at this point, Paul, I, I think here there's going to be plenty of teams, whether it's pro or minor league, they'll be begging for his services. Now wow. it was made a, it was made on the point that he's not the, you know, the, the biggest goaltender. He's only staying six foot Oh, uh, so he's, he's not the size that a lot of the teams are looking for. He's very athletic, though. He moves left to right wheel while he anticipates plays. Uh, so I think the really decision is up to Dryden. It was whether or not he will elect to use it if he does have it, or does he come calling to pros? Well, listen, because if I'm Edmonton, I'm writing the kid a blank check. And, and you know, <laughs> because he's better than anybody they have now. I Unless mean, you're missing Ryan Fanty. Ryan Fanty's well, in their uh, minor system. Well... <laughs> Listen, that's, that's fine. I, you want to put those two as a tandem? That'd be pretty good. That would be well, good. Listen, if, if the, the fact of the matter Very is, good. Fanty should be there now, then because, uh, or you know, somebody that I, I don't know, Minnesota State's got a, a recruit coming in in a couple of years. Put him in net right now because Edmonton has no goaltending, and I don't know. I'm just right. I'm writing somebody a big check if I can to get them in there, and um, you know. This, the goalie has to stop the puck. I, I it just this had to be six five thing is nuts, but you know that's just me. What do I know? All right, back back to Chris on this one. Uh, Chris, um, when when you look at what happened in this game, Mike Benning took the first penalty of the. This is crazy. He took the first penalty for Denver of the post of the uh, national tournament. Um, and uh, we asked him in the press conference about that, if that had any bearing on the fact that he came out and, and, and really got the go-ahead goal. And he said, yeah, he was pissed off sitting in the penalty box when they went down one nothing. And, uh, you know, Mike, uh, there's a smile mm-hmm. on his face 24-7. And mm-hmm. uh, I joked with him. I said, Mike, all he had to do was get in the bending zone, and it was a goal, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he, you know what, he really is a good-natured player and a highly skilled one and sort of gets lost in the shuffle with all of the high-powered talent they have up front, but I think finished with 37 or 38 points. Um, this was his 14th or 15th goal of the season. And, uh, you know, what what a timely fashion he scored in, really, and had a big hand in in both. I mean, he, he really lasered one that Barrow got to the rebound and, you know, obviously that second one was just a blast as well. So yeah, what a game. Okay. Nick, back to you on this one. Um, Minnesota state eliminated Minnesota. What were the thoughts um, after that? Because uh, I, I don't know if I told you or if you saw what I said, but I said there were four teams in the frozen four that were all very, very good. Two of them uh, I think were national championship or bust. The other two I felt were, yeah, national championship would be great. We'll play hard. But, you know, if we lose, you know what, we've got guys going to the pros and we really want to move them to the next level too. 
I think you know who the two teams are that, that are in that position. But what was the uh, the talk in Minnesota after Minnesota State beat the Big Brother, if you will? So this is this actually gets kind of funny. So, <laughs> um, and I shouldn't maybe you know maybe <laughs> yeah, preface it like that. But go ahead. Go right. I say that. Go right ahead. Well, go ahead. Go right, go right ahead. ahead. So right. Oh so. I well, I think I am, aren't I? Uh, anyways, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, obviously, the golf as the as the golfers, as you know, dominate the headlines here in the Twin Cities every time that they go on a run. There's no question about that. And the the Big Brother mantra is exactly that, right? You know, the golfers are the measuring stick. It doesn't matter who they're playing or if they're the better team or not. They are the measuring stick for any college hockey team, whether it's Bemidji, Duluth. If you beat the golfers. It's more of a it's a measuring stick on both. It's okay, the golfers aren't as good as we thought they were. And well, Duluth got lucky or Bemidji, they just they got a couple of bounces. It's it's kind of always been that conversation. I don't think you could say that same conversation about Minnesota State after that performance on Thursday. They suffocated the golfers offensively. Uh my dad, who's God bless his, you know, his, his hockey heart was like, well, the golfers aren't skating. I'm like, yeah, cause they can't, there was nowhere for them to skate. <laughs> it was they, a beautiful they, thing. It was a, it was absolutely gorgeous. Uh, I and loved it. for the first 45 minutes tonight's game, that was the same execution, especially between the blue lines. And yeah, uh, yeah for, for Minnesota, again, a, a, who has a very top heavy forward roster, again, plenty of people with Ben Myers, Maddie Nyes, uh, Aaron Hugelin, who, kind of came on of late uh, in the season uh, effect effective were non-factors in a hockey game. It was, it, it was a work of art um, as far as a neutral zone and as far as defensive zone coverage here by the Minnesota state. So it was, Oh my gosh, this team is really freaking good. And for folks like yourself and I who watched this team from the start of the season, we knew that going in like, Hey, this team's good and they're going to make you work for every inch of ice that they have. And, uh, the Gophers just again, they just had no answer for that structure uh, that Mike Hastings puts on the ice. So it was wonderful. There was belief in this hockey team um, going into tonight, and I think that belief uh, I think was only shattered when it was three one um, again. Denver going up, and it's no Paul, shame uh, losing to this team. Paul, let, let, let me let's put that. Let's no, 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 let's, let's let's make that point first, and then you can go on, Scott. There's no shame in losing to that team that they lost. Correct. To. None. That's a great no, hockey exactly. team. Exactly, and that, and that's the point I was trying to make. Is that uh, I watched Minnesota State practice yesterday uh, on their off day, and uh, Todd Cannot, who uh, I've known for 35 years, <laughs> the assistant coach, um, took over a drill, and it was one of the best drills I've ever seen. He took uh, five skaters in gold jerseys, stuck them in the neutral zone, stationary, and then he threw a puck out to uh, five guys in purple jerseys and they went back and regrouped and went through the, the neutral zone, avoiding those five obstacles. Then they came back the other way. Then they went back the other way <laughs> and they kept doing that. Then he rotated and he put the five yellow guys with the puck and the five purple guys uh, in the neutral zone. And I thought that was such a fantastic drill. And I'm going like, Oh my goodness. Now I know why a, they can move through the neutral zone and B uh, how they figured out how to clog it up because that was impressive. Well, Paul, like your I thoughts? Said, <laughs> well, like I said, I mean, I, I've been on this team since the start of the year. Um, I, 
you know, I've, I've had them pretty much number one for most of the season. Um, and when you look, once again, at, at the six games that they lost, they lost one game to St. Cloud. They lost uh, another game to the team that tried to avoid a top 10 team. Um, the, the, even the, the one stumble, you want to say, uh, Lake Superior has a one nothing game. You know, they lost that game one nothing on the road right around Thanksgiving. Uh, they outshot Lake Superior 22 to 10. And the only yeah. goal that they gave up was, you know, was a shorthanded goal. So it's not like, um, it, it's, it's not like they were even bad in that game. This was one of those nights. And that's really the only game where you can sit there and say, wow, that's a game that, uh, you know, that, that, that was, was, was a misstep, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Good point. Good point. Um, Chris, are you still hanging in there? <laughs> I, I am still hanging okay. in here. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Cause I want to ask you about this one. Uh, we both witnessed most of us, maybe all of us witnessed uh, the struggles of Denver last year. And uh, I, I talked about it early last year. I said, Oh goodness, if they're going to do this, this pod thing, and uh, they're not going to get a chance to play non-conference. I'm worried about them because they use the non-conference to build, as you know, for all the years that you've covered them. But when I mention a guy like Ryan Barrow, what comes to your head? He's just a warrior, and he's he's so even-keeled and just – I don't know. I mean, I, I don't – I hope there's not a negative connotation to this in any way, but he's just a loyal foot soldier. He will do whatever they ask. Um, I, I think I've told you he he would come out and answer the bell after every game, particularly losses last season, and would give you honest answers or what sure sounded like honest answers. And you know, now that you mentioned how last season was structured, he told me at the beginning of this year that one of the things they felt they needed to do was put the puck in the back of the net more play with the lead more. He, he felt like they lost a couple games to start last season and they started chasing games. They started and soon enough, they're chasing the whole season and they didn't want that. They wanted a strong start. They wanted to start individual games strongly, but they really wanted to get that strong start to the season, especially with such a young team. Um, and I'm sure he was one of the guys reminding people of that, that, we can't have a repeat of last season or the NCHC is too tough. You're you fall behind the eight ball there and it's really tough to dig yourself out of that hole. So, um, you know, I can't say enough good things about him, but I really think he's a warrior and, you know, he, he may not always project it, but I really think he just is willing to do whatever. And um, I know his teammates respect him a great deal. And, for him to get that first goal to kind of tie things up tonight, that, you know, I think that and Benning's goal really were where things turned because Minnesota state had to play differently then. Well, first of all, Chris, I I don't think that that's a, a, a denigration of any type. You, you can't win without players like that in hockey. You need those guys. You have to have those guys. Yes. 
Okay, you can't win without them. There's, there's just, you know, maybe you can do that in other sports. Uh, I don't think you really can, but you certainly cannot do it in hockey. Win without those guys. The, the question I have is, and now that you, you kind of, that 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 you, you got trophy number nine up there in Denver. Um, when this team struggled a little bit mid February, what was the mindset uh, of the of the, of the the, the the environment up there when the natives <laughs> well the, whatever you I don't know I don't know what the right <laughs> phrase to use is but the season had been going pretty well and all of a sudden you hit that stretch in late in mid February um was was were people really worried at that time or were they like just yeah we'll get over this the approach seemed pragmatic to me and let's not forget that 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 stretch included St. Cloud it included Duluth right. included going to Western Michigan which is really a tough place to play no doubt. um you know going to Omaha which you know not always easy i mean DU had owned them but the past few years they haven't right and uh so i i, I think it was just it was pragmatic and the one time in that stretch I talked to um, people on the coaching staff, they were, hey, we can learn a lot from this. Let's learn our lessons now and not learn it in the second round or the third round of the NCAA tournament. So I, I think it was pragmatic. I, I think they had some games they felt like they could have played better, but even the game they lost at home to Duluth was a really good game. I don't think they played horribly in it. Duluth just played really, really well. They brought um, in the right goaltender at the right time. <laughs> yes. Yes. That one. Right. So, yeah, I, I think it was just a pragmatic approach. I don't think they were happy about it, but I, I don't, I didn't see the panic button, button getting pressed. Nick, I want to ask you this, because you've seen NCHC hockey for a long time. Um Denver's got nine freshmen this year, and they're not freshmen anymore. Now they're officially sophomores. Um, how good is this team going to be next year? They're going to be great. And I want to build off of the points from Chris and Paul, because when I, I, when I sat down with David Carl for media day back in September, and I very upfront up with him, uh, just asked him, hey, you know, Denver had a down year last year. You know, I think we were all, at least from – college hockey people watching the team it just seemed like we were waiting for them to just put it together and and to to kind of rise out of you know kind of a slump and I asked him point blank you know what what was it about last season and he just simply looked at me straight in the eyes and said we never came together as a team and so when you talk about the preparation for this moment tonight began even before they took the ice. He said, you know, we had team bonding activities in September. You know, we really wanted to get plenty of practice time together. And that goes off of what you said earlier into the afternoon, Chris, is that they wanted to have a good start and they wanted to feel good about themselves. And they recognized that last year was, you know, underwhelming to say it lightly. Um, so with that preparation and with the success and you have a large freshman group that now are sophomores, you have quite the foundation set for what could be probably, at least right now, 
I mean, minus the national championship, but just looking at the rosters, how do you put them out of number one as a favorite? The NCHC, I know North Dakota is going to have a lot of really great talent also being added to their roster. But to me, it's it's hard to take them out of being an early NCHC favorite to run away with the conference again. This team is set up great for 22-23. Well, let me throw this out there. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. But let me just uh, follow up on, on uh, Nick's point. Um, it, Sean Barron's coming back on defense. Shai Booyam coming back on defense. Justin Lee coming back on defense. Antti Chumisto coming back on defense. Mike Benning coming back on defense. That only leaves Kyle Mayhew as the only defenseman that will be leaving this team. And then if you jump up to the forward group, you got Carter King, McCade Webster, Owen uh, Ozar. They'll all be back. You got Carter Mazur, you got Massimo Rizzo, uh, Cameron Wright obviously will be gone, uh, but then Jack Devine and uh, who knows about Carter Savoy and who knows about Bobby Brink. Um, so, I mean, they're, they're pretty loaded everywhere that you look. And I think uh, Chris and I have both talked about Matt Davis uh, being the next goaltender if they lose Magnus. And there's no no reason to think that they're going to lose Magnus because uh, San Jose is where he would go now with them owning his rights. But uh, Chris, do you know any more about that? Uh, you know, I don't know a lot about the players that may potentially go. I mean, I would. There's a few that I have a pretty good idea about. I I don't really know with Magnus, and I haven't studied the Sharks' goaltending uh, depth in depth, if you will. So I don't know. I mean, he certainly had a an excellent playoff run. Um, you know, I, everything you hear is that Philadelphia wants to sign Bobby Brink as, as soon as possible. Uh, does he want to go play there? I, I mean, I think he does, but you know, beyond that, I don't know. I mean, winning a championship does, does Carter Savoy say, Hey, I came here to do what I did. Or does he, does he say, I want to stay around and try and do it again? Um, he's only a sophomore. You know, I think Montreal will sign Brett Stapley. I mean, I, you know, I, I, but yeah, beyond that, I don't, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, and you've mentioned this, Scott, uh, does Cole Gutman maybe want to come back for a fifth year? To me, that's one of the, the X factors. If you have some of these veteran guys leave and then maybe Bobby leaves or if Magnus leaves and, you know, and the other thing to think about is DU, in addition to Jack Devine, has six other commits who were listed in the central scouting midterm draft rankings. Yeah. Crazy. So crazy. So you in theory could have six players, although a couple of them I think aren't coming in next year, but you could have four or five more draft picks on this team to replenish whoever heads out the door. Paul, we've got a must be rough. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, Paul, I, we've I got, wouldn't know, but we got a, um, a national champion right now. So looking ahead, who's gonna challenge this team next year in your eyes? What you know right now. I know there's a lot of things in flux. But... First first of all, we don't know who's leaving. We don't know who's uh, you know, there's there's no question that the two teams we saw tonight, um you could justify having a rematch next year with most of these guys coming back. Um, there's there's just too much going on um, to talk about uh, who's going to be 
the the threats next year. I mean, every day you have another half dozen guys going into the portal, another half a dozen guys signing. Uh, th- thank God there are some people out there that are much more organized and much more together than I am to keep track of this stuff. But, I mean, you have to go into the year almost saying it'll be the usual group. Right, you have to figure. You have to put North Dakota in that list. You have to put Duluth on that list, and um, you know we we think those guys are leaving from from Michigan and that other maroon and gold team, but you know they haven't signed yet. So well, Michigan's got some exoduses already, but <laughs> well, you got a couple, but they still had seven guys picked in the first and second round. It's right? not Monday yet. They haven't left yet. <laughs> you know, well, they still haven't left. Um, who's to say that that Seattle wants to put that kind of pressure on Matty Beniers? Because it's not like he's going to be uh, the difference between them making the playoffs this year or even next year at this point, right? I mean, it just goes to show what Vegas did was an absolute fluke <laughs> in terms of that's your landlord you're talking about. Be I careful. I didn't say they weren't a good team. It, just, it doesn't happen. <laughs> I hear you. Okay, okay, so Nick, Nick, back to you. Minnesota State, 38-6-0 is how they finished the year. Denver, 31-9-1. So Minnesota State to you, 38-6-0, pretty darn impressive. Yeah, too short of 40 wins. Uh, you know, you have a Hobie Baker goaltender, the first one in 21 years to win the award. And somehow doesn't win the Richter. I still don't understand that. So I guess by proxy, he's still the best goaltender if he's the best overall college hockey player. Anyways, um, yeah, that's that's a heck of a season. Uh, watching them in Mankato a couple of times again, playing St. Cloud, and then um, just you know doing a, a Minnesota hockey podcast where I was following the team throughout the season. It was really tough for me to question that this was a, a team not built to win a championship. They were. Uh, it was an absolutely impressive run. You have win streaks here and there, but it was the way they did it. You know, they, they could win the tight games, like the one nothing games. They could also score a bunch. There were times early in the season they won like 8-2 to two or 6-1, so they, could, they had the offense, um, and they could also lock it down. Then you had, if people in front made a mistake, uh, you had, again, the now Hobie making, Baker winning goaltender and Dryden McKay to back you up. Um, it was an impressive season. It, it stinks for Mavericks fans that it ended the way it did. Again, I'm not taking anything away from, from Denver's championship. They, they were a heck of a team. If there was one team that could have beat them, it was Denver. There was no question about it. But, uh, yeah, this is going to be a season to remember for Minnesota State and one they'll look back on. And, you know, hopefully in, uh, in due time, they'll, they'll be smiling about this one. This is a heck of a year. Speaking of due time, uh, I just ran into the right before we came on the air. I ran into uh, Coach Hastings as he was leaving the building, and uh, he, he thanked me uh, for for the coverage. and And I said, "Hey, Coach, your team is fun to cover. It's fun to watch." And and he looked pretty still upbeat. So uh, I don't think he felt like they lost the game as much as Denver just took the game, and uh, two really close. But you know, I've known Mike a long time, and he looked like he was. Uh, content um not heartbroken and uh, he looked like he was already his wheels were spinning to what he was going to do to come back and do this again so uh, i wouldn't be a bit surprised chris back to you um and i'll let you and uh, you and nick go after these two um but denver 31 9 and 1 wasn't important at all in the uh 
the scenario of the Denver Pioneers to not lose double-digit games? I Maybe, but when you say that, I, I think of all these Minnesota Duluth teams, and I can't tell you how many times I've looked at the standings midway through a season, and I see, oh, Duluth is, you know, 14, 12, and 2, and then they end up in the, you know, the Frozen Four. They end up in the national championship game. So I, I'm not sure. I, I, I really think they want to play their best when it counts the most. I mean, maybe they look at that, but I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. But no I, one I guess it. No yeah, one I guess it, it could be, but the I don't. Only, I don't think so. The only thing that matters was the end of the game tonight. That is the only yeah. thing that matters in the end. Um, it, you have to, you look at the record to make sure you're going to be in the tournament like Duluth did. Barely was. <laughs> well, whatever. That's, that's all, it's all that matters. We, we already know they did it when they won, when they were 0. 0.0001 from being out of the tournament. Mm-hmm. And, and in the end, um, tell me tomorrow, find me some people tomorrow that are going to know what Denver's record was this year. <laughs> Me? Right. Care? Who cares? I don't know. <laughs> well, you will Scott. because you don't have a clue. But that's neither here nor there. It doesn't matter. Well, and, and to build off both Chris and Paul's point too, you know, from a player's perspective and from a coaching perspective, you don't. Do you really look at the win-loss record? No. It's about what are you building for? You know, let's think about this. In the beginning of February, the Gophers were a bubble team. That team we were having discussions of whether they would be even in the tournament and they turned things around as well. So, you know, it's about how you're playing you know, are you building and are you, you know, are, are you, you're, you're doing the little things, right? Are you, are your sticks in the right lanes? Or are, you, are you, you know, making sure you're creating those two on ones? Are you going down and, you know, are you funneling pucks in the right areas? It's, it's how you play. so even when you lose a game, you can actually be improving overall, you know? So it, it, win last record, I don't think to a player or a coach, I don't think they look at it that way, Scott, but it's more of, okay, how are we playing? Because if you're playing the right way at the right time, again, UMD is, I think, a shining example of that. Um, you know, that's all that matters. And as Paul very so rightly mentioned, it's how it ends now, and it's Denver that's lifting the, the hardware. Uh, absolutely. Okay, Chris, I'm going to let you go on this one. So uh, your thoughts on the 2021-22 season, if you can kind of put it into words, obviously uh, Denver with the national championship makes you very happy. But um, mm-hmm. uh, as a season as a whole, and we got over, over the COVID stuff for the most part, we're still wearing masks. Um, even we didn't have to wear masks tonight at the last press conference. So I guess I didn't care anymore. <laughs> but just your thoughts on the season, if you could to wrap it up for yourself. Well, it was good to see things return to, to mostly to quote unquote normal. Um, I thought it was a terrific season for college hockey. And, you know, I don't follow the East as closely as I do the NCHC and the Big Ten, but I, those two conferences were obviously very, very strong. The CCHA, you know, you have a, a great team in um, Minnesota State and, and Michigan Tech was, wasn't a pushover. Um, so I just thought it was a, just a strong year and I didn't know what to expect with all of the player movement and just looking at some things online about the transfer portal already. There's like 220 guys that have gone into it. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, so it, it, I don't know, it's added this layer of intrigue 
um, probably layer of headache for coaches, but I just thought it was a really, really good season. I didn't see too many clunker games in person, either in the NCHC or Atlantic hockey. I mean, just a, a few, but not, you know, I just, I thought it was a strong season. It was really enjoyable to have it back. Yeah, totally agree with you. Uh, Chris, thanks for joining us. I know you had a busy day and I appreciate you staying up late to, uh, to, give us your input because it always means a lot to get it from somebody that knows the pioneers as well as you do. So have a good night. Uh, we will talk to you very soon. I'll see you when I get back to Denver. All right. Thank you, Scott. And uh, again, Nick and uh, Paul, great chatting with you two guys and, you know, enjoy. It was well, Chris. Thank you very much and go out and celebrate. All right, Nick, All right. It's, your, it's your turn. Wrap up the season for us. You saw it from a different perspective. Uh, from the St. Cloud side, plus and mostly NCHC, but also the Minnesota side. What were your thoughts on uh, the 2021-22 season? Let me put it to you this way, and this is going to be probably the worst comparison in the world, but that's what I'm here for. Um, this <laughs> was just like the Tennessee Titans one yard short. And I mean that as an actual, an actual compliment. Like, it just, you're so close you're so close. I mean, this, this team was a wagon the entire season. Um, I think if there's anything that the casual college hockey fan or even the college hockey fan that follows the game, whether it's the West or the East Coast, Minnesota State put their name on the map with authority this season. And, and I say that because a lot of was made at the start of the tournament was, oh, they're coming from the CCHA. They're a weak conference you know, they haven't really faced adversity. And I said, you obviously haven't watched this team play a single game or a single minute in your freaking life this year. Because, again, <laughs> seriously. Um, no. Because, yes, it's, it's, and it's sad to, to say it that aggressively, but then they kept proving people wrong. They kept proving people wrong again. And then they get to the Frozen Four. And, again, the showcase game for them was shutting down a Minnesota team, which was, in my opinion at the time, the hottest team in college hockey going into the hockey game. To me, they were. Uh, Michigan was Michigan who, you know, they were who they were. They were a very high-skilled, highly qualified team to be there, but they weren't the hottest team in the league either. Um, the Gophers were the ones. And so and you get to this point, and, you know, for the majority of the hockey game, it was yours to keep. Uh, you get, and sometimes in, in hockey – Scott, you know this very well more than anybody, is sometimes you get a couple of bounces that don't go your way. And the ending score tonight, we've discussed this in the open, does not at all reflect on how this game really went. If you were to just look at the score in the newspaper in the morning, if those even exist anymore, um, or online, it's going to give you not at all a perspective of how this team fought, how this team controlled 40 to 45 minutes of this hockey game. And, you know, essentially a special teams opportunity um, one defensive breakdown and then, you know, some emotions probably getting to the Mavericks to make it 3-1, two empty netters. Uh, this team is on the map. This team is a, a program that has established itself as a premier hockey uh, team in Division One hockey. It's been a great ride. It stinks that they came up just short as St. Cloud did last year. Um, but they will be back. They will retool. Uh, Mike Hastings is a wonderful human being. For those who don't know, he's actually got a sponsored locker inside the St. Cloud State locker room, uh, a mix, uh, mixed to uh, Brett Hedekin and a couple of other the great players that have come through St. Cloud's doors. 
So the hockey community, even in Minnesota, is very tight. And so he'll have that team back. Uh, there'll be plenty of people that will be wanting to go to that program. It's a great school. And uh, hats off to the Minnesota State Mavericks. It, uh, you know, again, disappointing they couldn't finish it up, but a hell of a season. And that they should be very, very proud of what they accomplished this year. Nick, good points. Um, thanks for your input uh, late in the year. Anytime uh, you want to come on, you're always welcome, as well as Chris. So, um, are you a free agent still, or you got a signing to tell us about? Still a free agent. Uh, we have some irons in the fire, and uh, they uh, will be, we'll put it this way, they're not in driving distance. <laughs> if, if, if that's a tease. So. <laughs> that is a tease. Well done. Thanks, Nick. I, I appreciate your time. Of course. Anytime, guys, you just know how to get a hold of me. I'm always happy to come on. Uh, well done. Okay, Paul, let's take a quick break. Let's come back and let's wrap up the 2021 right. National Championship in about three minutes. More than 140 live games from the nation's best college hockey conference. Ready for you wherever you are, however you want to watch. Your favorite team is on nchc.tv. On your phone, tablet, or stream to your TV. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available, too, for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates. You can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said. It's been running through my head, locked and loaded. All right, still got it. Still got it. Who's old now? Behind the mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or behindthemask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com.
Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is College Hockey Southwest Live. All right, welcome back in, NCAA hockey fans. Indeed, this is College Hockey Southwest Live, a special edition, a national championship edition. Scott Strandy with you still from the TD Gardens in beautiful Boston, Massachusetts. My co-host, as always, Paul Hornstein out on Long Island, New York. Um, Paul, we had our two guests wrap things up, so uh, your turn. Your thoughts on the season and uh, uh, where we're headed. Well, I thought it was a season that um, was probably the best one uh, taking my own personal allegiances out of this. Uh, the best one uh, that I've seen in the, in, in, in the four or five years that we've been doing this. Uh, the depth in college hockey was better this year than I than 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 I've seen it in the past five or six years, and you guys probably realize that better than I do uh, in terms of 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 the teams that were legitimate threats to win a national championship. Uh, you had a situation where um, uh, AIC which won their conference anyway, uh, but they were a legitimate threat for that league's first at-large bid. Um, You also saw a situation where, uh, besides the two teams that we thought were the two best teams this year play for the championship game, uh, we also saw a situation where nobody thought we could be at this point where in the next two years, college hockey is adding four teams. Yeah, that's now, pretty impressive what, coming what, off of what, a pandemic for two years. What level those teams will be at, who knows? Um but just the fact that they've been added after everything that's gone on in the last two years. I just hope that the college hockey world does the right thing and supports these teams the way they should. I understand it's a business. I understand that it's there's a certain amount of every man for themselves. But at the same time, if you expect to keep growing this sport it's always going to be a bit it's always going to be a bit niche it's always going to be a bit niche but you can make it less niche by supporting and showing other schools hey we're not going to let you die on the vine yep good points very good and valid points so I, I think you know, on the ice, it was a very good year. Uh, it has a chance to be really good off the ice. But we won't know the off the ice stuff for another two or three years. But well, things well, are definitely pointing in the right direction for college hockey. What I will say from, from my closing arguments, if you will, is that um, I've got a plane to catch in five hours. 
Um, and anyway, uh, I've got a stack of video and pictures that I'll be putting up. And tomorrow night, that's why we have our uh, College Hockey Southwest Live regular show uh, at the regular 7.30 Mountain Time. And then Monday night, Jordan and I will be back with the analytics and eyeballs at 7.30 Mountain Time. And then Paul and I will be back on Tuesday. So we got three more days to hash over this stuff. Um, so we're, we're welcoming people to call in and give us their thoughts and ideas. We're welcoming people to, uh, to tweet us and text us and do whatever they need to do to give us some ideas. Um, and just their thoughts on, on this year. Cause Paul and I are both, I know pretty much where it is. I want to say congratulations to the Denver pioneers for, for winning the national championship. I want to thank everybody here at the TD gardens for all of their help and support and from the NCAA, their uh, help and support as well. I will shout out the catering staff here again. I did it on Twitter, but I'm going to do it again uh, on the podcast because this catering staff was unbelievable. Some of the food that we were treated to, and I mean unlimited. You know, basically, when they opened the doors, they kept it full until the very end, and you could just keep coming and coming and coming until you were stuffed and rolled out the door. So <laughs> the catering staff here at, at TV Gardens is fantastic. It's probably been one of the best, if not the best, uh, organized frozen uh, four that I've ever been to. And um, that sets the bar pretty high. So uh, Tampa next, and then not too long, it'll be in Vegas. And you know Vegas will try to one-up everybody. So it's going to be uh, a fun time. Okay, Paul, take it away, and we'll say goodnight. Little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers, De Niro. From the Summer Skate Studios behind the mats, College Hockey Southwest Live on the Ice Time Hockey SW.com Network, brought to you by Burrito Express. Homemade taste, takeout speed, six East Valley locations. Go to burritoexpress.com to find the one near you. Behind the mask, whether you use blades or wheels, whatever your hockey needs are, see our three Valley locations or behindthemask.com. Peterson Toyota, whether you're looking for your dream car or shopping on a budget, we take the time to find the perfect Toyota to fit your needs at 4455 South College Avenue in Fort Collins. Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas, the best in barbecue Las Vegas style, available at all Allegiant Stadium events and, of course, at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard. For the NCHC and NCHC.TV, subscribe to NCHC.TV and catch all of the action from the toughest conference in college hockey. Durians and Suites, now an official Disney World hotel. Book your stay now for travel starting this October at DruryHotels.com. Jets Pizza, go to JetsPizza.com to find your fresh deal at your nearest Jets location today. Metro by T-Mobile. Get exclusive offers by becoming part of T-Mobile Tuesdays when you switch to Metro by T-Mobile. Top Golf. Play some of the world's most iconic golf courses without packing a suitcase. Find out how. See your local Top Golf Center or go to topgolf.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos Worldwide. It's where the action is, whether you're in the resort or in town. And by M Drive. Go to mdriveformen.com and see which M Drive formula is for you. And always it's free delivery. College Hockey Southwest Live presented by Behind the Mask and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com podcasts are live on the Podbean app and are available for download at the iTunes Store, Google Play Store, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. Behind the Mask, College Hockey Southwest Live, and all of our weekly podcasts are a part of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network. 
Very well done, as usual, my friend. And we will uh, thank uh, Chris Bay from Magnus Mayhem for joining us tonight. And, of course, Nick Maxson, Maxson uh, from uh, the uh, Husky Productions and now technically a free agent. But he says that there's uh, maybe something in the works that's not driving distance. So uh, we'll keep uh, Nick on speed dial just in case we have to reach out to him again. So, all right, for Paul Hornstein, Scott Strandy, uh, saying goodnight from the beautiful TD Gardens in Boston, Massachusetts. We'll talk to you again tomorrow night from Denver, Colorado. Good night, everybody. Good night.